The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. Sometimes I'll see a certain individual. There's a pretense of confidence, but I know that it's not a grounded confidence. You see they're insecure, and instead of allowing themselves to acknowledge they're insecure, they're acting more confident than they actually are. Okay. I'm not always sure how to navigate that, or but if I hear myself speak, there's nothing to navigate. Yeah, I, I do pause with people that are confident, appear confident, let's put that, or act confident when it actually it's coming from insecurity. It's a wonderful chaos. And the atheist pray? It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. Today, we are going to discuss between us arrogance versus confidence. Yes, we are. And we're going to do that on A Wonderful Chaos. <laughs> So, you picked this subject, Mr. Shalev. I did. Why did you take this one? Why do you think I took it, Bambos? It's been coming up, right? It comes up. It comes up, I'd say, every three to six months. And it's an interesting interesting thing because you'll notice um, when an individual is starting to um, be challenged with their own confidence – then when another person comes in their field that's confident, it'll trigger them. Mm. And, and instead of them reflecting on where it is that they're feeling insecure, they project on to the other individual the fact that it's arrogance. So they turn the insecurity of their own lack of confidence into a judgment that this other individual is an arrogant. Mm. Wow, there, you, you can unpack this in so many ways, right? You can, yeah. If you think about it, when we go on some self-realization journey, yeah. then what we're really doing is we're calling everything that we think to know into question. So we lose confidence in some ways. Yeah, because somehow you need to rediscover your ground. Yeah. What's what, you know, you could say what's really true. And and what happens, what I've found is that you go through this sort of just, it's the flexibility, like the delusion of my reality and then the construction of a reality and then the delusion of a reality and then the construction of reality. There's a bit of an ebb and a flow. Mm. So we, in some ways I believe that we, need to create a structure in our lives in order to create some semblance of order. Yeah. And, and then at times the structures we create are then our limitation. 
either in interaction with another or in creating a business, wherever that shows up. Is this, is it, by the way, just as we speak, is this going to esoteric and heady or is this concrete enough that it's understandable? I'd, I'd like you to bring it to a concrete example, actually. When I had my job as the marketing director, mm. I was very insecure for the majority of the years that I had that role. And as you know, I didn't have marketing experience and I was a marketing director. Yeah. Tell me about the story about the telephone bill. Yeah. The <laughs> telephone bill, right? So the telephone bill, my telephone bill was over a thousand euros a, a month. It, it, it was the work phone, by the way. <laughs> the work phone, yeah. And you'll get that story in here. <laughs> yes. You can buy it anywhere that, you know, anywhere the books are sold. Yeah. Um, the um, the thing was, and the, yeah, in that case, the CEO called me in and said, "Andy, you know, we got to do something about your phone bill. It's over a thousand dollars a month." And then I said to him, and I feel like the shame come up as I hear myself say it: "If it goes under a thousand, then call me back in here because then I'm not doing my job." I just want to high five you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to some degree, there's a truth there, but you you weren't grounded when you... Exactly. Yeah. There was a truth there because my calls were going to all the people in the company. And, and I was the one who was communicating with everyone, unlike the other people at the headquarters. So there was a truth in it, but it didn't, it didn't acknowledge the, that what he was doing, which was trying to heighten consciousness, consciousness around cost yeah. as well he should have. Right. Um, but I guess the, 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 the thing was at that point, I was insecure. Because you were still feeling like a fraud. Because I was feeling like a fraud. So, so, you, so you had to step out of yourself to play the role of whatever that might look like of a confident marketing businessman. Exactly. And I was very identified in being a confident, strong businessman. So identified you were blind to it. Uh, well, identification would mean it was something that I wanted myself to be seen and perceived as. And, and I felt like that was who I am. So I played the part. It was my mask. And, and it wasn't only insecurity, but there was a lot of insecurity there as well, of course. Hmm. So as I matured in the role, I, I began to see a little bit through my own insecurity of course because if you're what you'll notice if you're insecure if i'm sitting if you're insecure and you're playing like you're more secure than you are if you're around other people who really know their shit you'll notice all of a sudden you get insecure yeah because that's where you feel most exposed mm. I, if you go back to the shows when we first started the first year i would say the first seasons yeah i was very insecure yeah we talked about a lot yeah. yeah and and especially when we would have guests and it would go on an intellectual level and it was moving away from uh vulnerability or whatever you want to call it i would try to take control and bring it back to vulnerability as opposed to fully owning where i am and being at peace with what was there. Yeah. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn, of course. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think when 
I remembered when my mentor Case, he came to the, I was living in Vienna at that time. He came to Vienna. He did a training. And in that training, it was the first time I experienced what personal responsibility would look like for what I didn't know. And what I mean to say by that is before then, I was trying to act like I could know. I could tell each country how to run their business better than they could themselves. Yeah. There was this inherent arrogance in thinking that I, from some headquarters in Vienna, knew better, could tell someone in America how they might run their business better. And so what, what, what shifted for me, which also came with humility, which was, is that I can't tell you how to do it, but what I can do is at least create an environment where we support one another. And mm -hmm. that was where it was interesting because you kind of, it's a, it's a paradox in the humility of finally being able to acknowledge that I couldn't run the business better than they could. I got more confident. Because you didn't have to prove yourself anymore. I, you, you owned fully where you were. Uh, yeah. And I also saw, I would call it a, a fundamental principle of life in, in a way I understood it finally that each person's destiny is for them to create and I can help and support them, but they need to take responsibility for their own lives. And that was a bit of the humility that allowed me to get more confident. I think that's why I feel good in being vulnerable in my life. Okay. Because when I share the thing that I don't find so easy to share, it kind of relieves me from the performing and then I relax into myself. But yeah. I never saw that it would make me confident, but it just made me more, wow, one less thing to occupy my mind. Can you give me a concrete example of this now? In a relationship, um, I just couldn't get it up. Okay. <laughs> and instead of feeling bad and, oh shit, what am I going to do? I shared, apparently he doesn't want to come out and play. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, that. But I can still, we can still have some fun. Yeah. And because I didn't make it a big deal, as soon as I shared it, she connected with me and actually it got up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't believe I shared this. <laughs> well, I mean, in a way, it, it's, it's again, that goes back to the, the, uh, the reclam projection reclamation work that's highlighted in the book, The Wounded Healer. <laughs> shamelessly plugging i love it the wounded healer available like, like, available in bookstores finish what you want to say okay um the thing is is that in accepting the thing that we're most shameful of and not having a problem with it mm. all of a sudden we're just at peace with being again so it would be normal to say find an erection again because you're not scared that you don't have an erection. If you don't want to have an erection, then you continually think and worry and have stress and anxiety. Stress increases, disconnection from her and from yourself. Shame comes in, thoughts come Trying in. Trying to figure out how to navigate it. You, you like, don't make love. <laughs> no. Instead, you're like, oh, apparently this is the way it is. And then there's a release that comes with that, loving it and, and, and embracing it for what it is not writing a story about it. Mm. And then all of a sudden it just materializes again because you're not, uh, you're not 
moving away from the, the it doesn't the, mean it's going to materialize it just means no, that, exactly yeah and what, nicely put because if you did it in order for it to materialize then it probably wouldn't materialize because you're still trying to get yeah. somewhere yeah nicely nicely stated um yeah I just want to freeze this moment. Now, guys, you'll see me doing this a lot, right? Yes, two books. Now, Andy doesn't do it, but I love these books. I've read them 12, 13, uh, this one 13 times, this one 12 times. And this one's been a game changer for me. Hmm. So when I pick them up, I'm not just doing it to tease Andy. It's really, I, I freaking endorse these books. Nice. Words fail me when it comes to giving reviews. And and yes, Andy's my guru, if people want to call it that. <laughs> yeah, he likes, you, you appreciate me too much. I appreciate you too much. Yeah. Um, Andy, Bulelang brings an amazing point. He if did, we, I saw it. bring it on. I wanted to bring it on earlier because it was an amazing point. Can arrogance exist in a person without the existence of lack of confidence in them? Fuck yeah, Bulelang, are you kidding me? Yes. You see it every day. Person who has lacking in confidence, but totally arrogant. But it's what we said earlier, right? It's exactly what we said earlier. So because a person is lacking in confidence, they will judge another individual. And then that is arrogant. It's arrogant to think that the that the person is doing something incorrect or not right, especially coming from a place where you say, I'm judging them because they make me insecure because I'm insecure. So they make me insecure. So they must be bad. Mm. And, and that, that it, it's so subtle that I see that it often falls under the radar because the people with which it often comes up in are highly sensitive uh, people that are connecting to female uh, sensibility. Mm. I won't call females, but female sensibility. There's a softness that says, oh, you can't state it that strongly. Mm. And what I've seen is that that softness is then used through judgment. And that happens on a, in my own life probably every three to four months maybe two or three times a year. There was a chapter, as you know very well, Bambos. Yes. And uh, and the Wounded Healer, um, and it's it's one of my fuck favorite. Fuck you <laughs> and your judgment. No, no, Bambos. No? It's fuck you and your fucking judgment. Chapter, I don't know what, in the Wounded Healer. It was That was one of the scarier chapters for me to write because what I noticed was that I can still have compassion for this individual. I can actually love them even more, but especially at that moment, I was very vulnerable and I actually reclaimed my own strength and said, listen, I could be there for you, but this is when I was raw doing my 60 sessions day after day in America. It was intense driving 5,000 miles and alone. It was it was a lot of work and energy. So I mean, you peed on yourself. Yeah, exactly. On that trip. That's how <laughs> intense it was. Yeah, I got on the California incline, a very well-known. Ronnie, Ronnie, I drove Ronnie crazy because we were in California over uh, Christmas. Yeah. And, and we went down this California, or up or down this California incline many times. And she said, Andy, I don't need to hear that you peed yourself on this hill anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but... But the thing, uh, 
I don't even know where I was. Fuck you and your fucking judgment. Is that at that moment, I needed to reclaim the fact that I'm giving away all of my time emotionally for other holding space. And I was like, you know what? Not now. Not now. So, um, so at that time, the person said, are you open to feedback? And, and what I heard in the, uh, in the statement was, I have judgment towards you and I'm, and I want to state it to you. So she appears as confidence, but actually there was arrogance. It was arrogance. She didn't state, uh, I would love to share what, ha- what happened with me so you could understand a little bit so we could get closer. Showing herself. Showing herself. So she didn't show herself to me in any way. She assumed that she was right. And from that assumption, she then began to tell me how I should live and what I should do and what I should do differently. And I just have little space for that in my life at the moment. You can tell me how you feel and what my behavior is done, and I'll hold all the space for that. But if you come from a place of pain and fear and anxiety, which is unexamined, mm. and then use that as the basis to come back, it's just a waste of my time. Because now I basically am now having to listen to what you don't realize, which is all of this unprocessed um, pain that you haven't taken responsibility for. And yet I'm now supposed to take responsibility for that. And I just see that happen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, there's there's this sweet spot where you're not confident or arrogant, but you're just fully present with what's arising in you and fully owning it. And in that way, I mean, if you don't own it, you'll become the arrogant. Is yeah. That, is, that, is, that, is that like yeah, a isn't, isn't that we funny? We become a form. Yeah. In, in a way, if you believe... And that you know better, but you don't state outright, then you're arrogant again because it'll show up in your interaction, but you're not owning it. You're not sh- yeah. So you're not taking responsibility for your for your uh, state, and then you're couching it. I love how how confident you get when you raise your voice. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is. There's like a it's it's uh, in a way it feels like I'm overtaken when I talk like that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We got you got a comment the other day that Andy loves. At some point, Andy gets very excited and starts talking with his hands. If he was a dog, it would be his tail. <laughs> um, I have something to say. Yeah, Bolalang, you look good. You look good, Bolalang. I love the picture, Bolalang. I saw it. He's had that picture for a while. No. Yeah, that picture's been there for a while. This is the one I know. I know, but he changed the picture as well on the other one. I like the. We like the picture, the other picture better, Bolalang. Just to. You look more confident. Yes. Um, and thank you. Bolalong also says, I agree with you on those two books, Bambos. Thank you, Bolalong. I am deeply grateful. Bolalong gave me an incredible gift, as you know, as he went through my book and he took out piece by piece the phrases or the um, statements that he really appreciated. And then he posted them for about two to three weeks. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it was just longer. Felt, yeah, it was longer. But I it, mean, I told you. You need to write a, a, a third book, but now it's going to be a fourth book with all the quotes. Yeah. And well, Bolalang has it ready for you. Thank you, Bolalang. I'm deeply grateful for that. Uh, Confidence versus arrogance. You know, and it, it was an interesting thing because there was another, um, when I go in to work in a project, there's always like um, this moment where you go into a new environment People don't know you from Jack. And at some point, 
in order for them to be confident and comfortable with you, they have to feel like you've done something in your past so they can at least relax. Yeah. It's like if I came to you and you were a photographer and you said, oh, yeah, I got a camera last week. Like no one is going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be really surrender to his pictures. Yeah. So the, the, the point is, is like, where do you like, like allow people to say, OK, this is what I've done and what I've achieved and not do it in a way which says, oh, I'm so great that I'm the person that you need to have as a photographer. And what I've seen in my own coaching practice is I find it really humorous that when somebody asks me, like, why would I hire you? (laughs) Do you know my stock answer? Yeah. What is it? Um, I I can't think of any reason. No, no. Well, that would be it as well. I would agree. But (laughs) you're looking back at the course that we took. I actually would maybe do it a little bit different. Um, when somebody asks me why I would hire you, it, it's always interesting. It's like I always would say, and it's true. I don't say this as a, 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 a tactic. It's just honest is that I fucked so many things up in my life. I know really well what doesn't work. Like I know really, really well what doesn't work. Okay. Let's freeze that. Okay. Now me and Andy had a talk on Sunday and uh-huh. he, and you kind of told me it's all about the intention so someone else could mimic what he just said yeah but it would have a completely different uh landing in the other person yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you of course yeah yeah true so i would say i'm owning my truth but i'm doing it with such confidence that actually it doesn't diminish me yeah and it is authentic because i honestly feel because I, I i see that whenever anyone uses the past in order to tell you what they can do for you in the future, it's a it's a promise you can't make. You make it because everyone wants you to make it, but you don't know what's going to happen. Things change so quickly. And once mm. you've mastered something, so many other people have also mastered it. Like the window of opportunity isn't that great. So I would rather be with somebody who can adapt with me through a process as opposed to try to get me to go through a, a, a some scheme that they created years ago. You know, funnels are what you'll see today most of the time, but they're sold on the internet. So yeah, I, that's, and what I, in my own case with the people I work with, I see that the kind of people I want to work with, that message resonates with. There's a lot of people that message does not resonate with, but I also have to say, those aren't usually the people that I want to be working with. Hmm. So I attract the clients that are like, oh, exactly. We do realize that we need people that are smart on their feet. We don't need people who think they know better than us. Nice. And, 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 and I, you know, that's how I've built my own relationships in time. And, and the, I think there's a trust that I feel has come out of that in how I operate and people see a consistency. So, yeah. I think for me, when it would come for photography and I do a project that I haven't done, uh-huh. especially when it's repeat clients, they, they'll they come to me like, hey, do you do this? And I'm like, not really, but I know enough about lighting to make it work. And of course, if it doesn't work, you you like, I'll take full responsibility. And yeah. they trust me on that point. Yeah. And that's it. Confidence and humility. Hmm. 
Ja. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that that point of the humility is something I was on a call and um then before we came here I was on a coaching call. And you see my notes I wrote down that was for my coaching call. And the person I was on with said, Andy, it's interesting. Like there's a difference between humility and then false humility. Say that again. So humility, like a knowingness that there's always something that I don't know. Like that's just humility to say I'm open because there's always going to be something I'm not seeing. There's a humility in that statement. So holding whatever you think you know very lightly. Yeah. And knowing that there's a big piece of the pie that you may not see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's, there's a lot of humility in go, navigating life with the, I'm taking my experience seriously and holding it lightly. Because if I don't hold it lightly, I'm not going to see where it may be different than what I'm, what I, what I think it, it is. And and the false humility comes in when somebody, as we went to earlier, knows a lot, but pretends or acts like they don't because they're insecure to show how much they know. Which then so they're trying yeah. to, they're trying to sell themselves. They might, but they may just be insecure. You know what I've noticed in that type of person is that they will often judge because like a father or a mother was behaving in a certain way, which they don't want to be recognized in themselves. Mm. They don't want to be like their dad who was always that way. Like the story that I've told and you've told about anger. Yeah, I didn't want to be like my dad. He was always angry. I never knew how to learn how to deal with anger. And then I would get raging angry because I'd suppress my anger all the time. And in this case, the humility is I know a lot of things. I'm really aware of how the world works, but I'm going to pretend like I don't because I don't want to put myself in a vulnerable position. But since I'm not saying anything, I'm going to judge everyone quietly gets to this quiet arrogance and then act like I'm superior when I've actually never revealed myself. Yeah. And that would be the false humility. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We have some comments coming in first. I would love to call out to JC Barnett, who is in Kentucky right now. We love you, JC. And Bambos is wearing the cap. Kentucky whiskey. Is that Kentucky bourbon? Sorry, we can't get, don't get this confused. The Kentucky bourbon. Thank you, JC. Is that where Kentucky fried chicken comes from? Yeah, Kentucky. Really? Colonel Sanders, yeah. Neil Vanderland, my man. Neil Vanderland writes to us. Can you discuss the origin of both more? To me, arrogance stems from little experience with few failures. Confidence from lots of experience with both fails and wins. And being open to comment and tips, humility. The last part I... Let's start, let's break it down into pieces. Neil writes, can you discuss the origin of both more? I don't know what that means. Um, Oh, what, what comes from me is if you take an individual and you see where they 
came from, mm -hmm. their upbringing, yeah. their parents and how their parents treated them. Yeah. Like, if I think of myself growing up, I was so insecure. In fact, shut down. Yeah. And I wasn't feeling loved. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, and I didn't have a reference as to what, like, I didn't even have the right um, ways to communicate what, what I wanted because I didn't know what my options were. Mm -hmm. So I grew up uh, very insecure. And in my drug addiction, the drugs would numb me, but they would bring out a part of me that would be a little bit macho. Yeah. And I would get into fights and I'd be okay with that because when, when you're drugged up, you, you kind of, it, it gives you like a kind of confidence. Like I even stand, sit up a little bit more. Yeah. But um, you, you might say I, I, I could come across dangerous. Yeah, sure. And then there's the upbringing of a child with great parents. They told that child, you're, you're amazing. We yeah. love you. You're the best. You're the best. And I don't know, like my, my, I don't know because I don't have that experience, but I, I'm going to assume mm -hmm. that it can go two ways. The child is confident mm -hmm. or it becomes arrogant that, that I'm the one. Yeah, it can go any way, of course. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's an easy connection to make, but yeah, I see. Yeah. The upbringing sometimes, you know, the humor is, is like really kids that were really raised by loving parents will often have their own quirks, which is kind of humorous. Um, but, but we're, we're kind of digressing a little bit off, I think from the question or, or, or are we not? Cause I'm, I'm having a hard time following the red thread now. Well, can you discuss the origin? I went straight to the roots. Okay. The origin of arrogance and confidence. Oh, well, you know, it's funny. This is really nice to, to create a distinction here. And the distinction I'd like to create is a behavior against the perception of a behavior. So the behavior is confidence. One is confident in themselves. Now, confidence doesn't mean they're qualified. Confidence doesn't mean that they uh, even study the thing. They could be confident for no apparent reason, but they're confident. Now, arrogance is the judgment of that confidence. So if you say, how does one become confident without being arrogant? You don't decide that. You decide if you're confident or not. And then others will either judge you as confident or arrogant. But you don't get to decide how they judge you. And you, get, and you also get to choose how you respond or not to it. Yes. You can be at peace with it. Yeah. So, and, and, and one of the funny, funny things in a personal development trajectory of an individual is that a lot of people, especially when they haven't had a modeled behavior in their lives, like a parent who is confident, who they can model and say, oh yeah, that's what it looks or feels like. So now they go into the world and they're developing. And then, you know, like I, I have a, you know, I had a call just before we came on and the individual kept saying, I've got imposter syndrome. I've got imposter syndrome. So they're head of a big organization, yeah. right? 
and really uh, well-known, established. And this individual says, I have imposter syndrome because I see that although I know these things, I don't know them. Like there is no, so they weren't standing in the confidence of not knowing. They were not okay with not knowing. They were not okay with not knowing. And then instead of them saying, hey, I don't know, and I'll figure it out, and hey, I'll find the right people. So staying in this, you know, this mindset, which kind of lets you connect and bring more solutions into your system. She was going to this other mindset, which shutting down those opportunities. Because in saying, I don't know, and I'm, I'm an imposter, what happens to your brain? Shuts down. Your brain just shuts down. So that was a funny, you know. Uh, um, what I what I know from from leaders, actually, I don't know it from leaders, but what I <laughs> what I what I assume is, um, it's someone that just owns where they are. They uh -huh. show their humanity, yeah, and they use that to bring people together and give them uh, towards the vision, right? Yeah, I mean, I see, I see. I I mean in a. Uh, you know, th this could be its own discussion around leadership because it's such a it's it's such a nuanced discussion. But in general, a leader that I find to be really good is one that can acknowledge that they don't know. And they don't need to know. And therefore, they get the best minds together so they know how to channel knowledge and make decisions better. Of course, in setting a vision, which is which is always, you know, depending on the corporation, but visioning is often an important aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. It is offer. For a long time, I was insecure with low self-confidence. People who seemed confident triggered me. I guess I was jealous and I called it arrogance. With years of working on raising my self-confidence, I could discern more between arrogance and confidence. Confidence comes with humility and appreciation. Arrogance usually comes from void and judgment, as you mentioned. Iris is amazing. Isn't she just? Like, <laughs> she... She you never know, Edith has watched every show. Yeah, she never ceases to surprise me, though, in her uh, also in how she puts her word, her sentences together to yeah. bring a point across very clear. Yeah, Edith, that that would be. You know, I've often said that the people that trigger us most are the people that we have the most to learn from. So, what is the quality that they're exhibiting that I can't? exhibit in myself because I'm uncomfortable with that. The The greatest one was Trump. You know, when, when I'd say, what is it that Trump does that you're not able to do in your life, where if you were able to do that, you would probably be more successful. And, and that, that would just, that, that, that created a, a great, a great backlash. You have times. to be good at tweets <laughs> and not care. Well, there's a, there's a degree to which if you see how Trump would, would operate, you know, he would be, so convinced of whatever he was saying that other people would be convinced by his conviction. Yeah. So to say that that is a bad quality, 
would be pushing that quality away. Because if you want to get people to support you in something in your life, then you're going to have to believe it enough that when you state it, they believe it. So was Trump confident or arrogant? Well, Trump was confident. Because if you ask him who no one is, for the most part, no one's going to say they're arrogant. They'll always feel themselves to be confident. It's the world that would judge them as arrogant or confident. But what I'm asking you, as, as a source, his inner world, yeah. would you say that he's insecure? Yeah, I would have said that he was yeah. insecure, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that there's a degree to which he's continually trying to prove himself. And, and, but that, that doesn't speak to what he believes of himself. What he believes of himself is confident, that he's confident. Mm. And in believing that, he's able to convince others of that confidence and therefore create what, he's, what he creates, which is a following. Yeah. It's a charisma there. So if you want to be a great leader, then you also have to be aware the charisma is an important aspect of it. And if you alienate those qualities, then you don't get the opportunity to, in, to inhabit or to, to bring those into your way of being in the world. So that's why I'd rather look at, I'd like to look at the world in wonder as opposed to judgment, because in wonder, I get to learn a lot. Mm. In judgment, my brain shuts down and I don't go to this sort of, this, uh, I guess, this, this way of seeing the world that helps me um, take it all in and grow from it. Andy, yeah. talk to me about wonder. Wonder. No, seriously, you, it's something that you use a lot. Okay. And I think you operate from that space. Mm. Or at least if I can define it, it is in wonder, there's no um, labeling. It's just open. I'm looking at the world with an open uh, lens, through an open lens. Yeah. And I'm not assuming anything. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say we don't assume because we do assume, but we're somewhat conscious of what we're assuming, what we're making assumptions about. So the wonder comes in when, when I look out at the world and, and it's an interesting, I would almost put it, I'd, I'd stop what I'm saying right now. There's a difference of looking out at the world and letting the world come inside of you. When I'm looking out of the world, I'm trying to make sense of what I see with a very critical eye and determined thinking. So that's the, that's the state that I, I saw myself in when I was anxious and fearful, wanting to prove myself, mm. especially when I was in the marketing director position. Yeah. What I saw myself shift towards was the humility of not knowing. And I want to counter that with something else, trusting my experience. Because not knowing isn't enough. Not knowing would be like you're, you're in the world without any uh, rudder. Yeah. So you need a rudder. So the rudder for me, it, what I treat is, is my experience. So I take my experience seriously knowing that, again, it's limited. But I need to take something seriously. As, a, as an anchor. As an anchor. Yeah. And then you would say I hold it lightly because in the lightness I can have a new I can have a new experience that will inform my the experience that I believe though that, that might call it my functioning modus operandi 
Beautiful. So the wonder for me comes in this, as I'm not no longer looking out determined, but I'm looking more in what am I feeling? What am I sensing? What is it telling me? Am I, I'm getting triggered by this. That's fascinating. What is this telling me about myself? What do I see happening? And that those are the, that's the wondrous world that I spend a, a good portion of my life in. Nice. And, uh, and, 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 and I notice that if I'm not in that state, then the shutdown comes anxiety or fear or more determined mindedness. I need to get this done by this time so I can relax that feeling. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I, I, I just love the word wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful word. And I, I love that you asked because I, I think when, when you use words, and you don't explain at least what the sensation is, it's hard for another person to understand what you mean. And they can sound flaky. Well, you know, that's what I am. Uh, let me see. Bola Long has written some other stuff to us, so it might be nice to check in with him again. Oh, new profile picture. A person who says they don't know when they don't know are the same with Bumbles admitting that the boy is not up to play. They are comfortable in their skin. That's confidence. Yeah. Yeah, if you're confident enough to say you don't know, that is a, that is a, a incredible confidence. I love your smile. Yeah, makes me happy. <laughs> it is at the corporate environment. You can also see lots of managers get promoted because of confidence, even more over than talent. Yes, this is painful. We did this last show, right? What was our last show that we talked about this on? We just discussed this. I don't remember. Extrovert, introvert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the sad thing is, is that when people act as if they know, then other people feel that they can trust them more, although they're probably less trustworthy. I had this image right now. So let's say at a certain age, you've, you've made love enough times <laughs> to know how to make love. <laughs> and... The funny thing is, with every new partner, sorry, you're married, mm -hmm. there will be an arrogance to know I'm a great lover yeah, and know what a woman wants because every single physical body has a different um, way of touch and like the spots that you have. To, so in general, I, I'm like, I'm like a five-year-old and I'm like discovering the world all over again, like reset. There's no, oh, I'm going to touch you here because uh -huh. 50 other women loved it here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then when they don't react, blame them for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, What's wrong was... with you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that would be the arrogance in that case that yeah. we were discussing before. So, I, 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 so what I'm actually saying here is that there's a confidence in the not knowing, in fully yeah. owning that I don't know, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. That would be the height of confidence, right? I mean, that's why, again, why I'll say you hire me because I've made so many mistakes. I know it doesn't work. Mm. That's There's a degree of confidence in that humility. Yeah. You're, you're making me aware because I've had a few people that approached me recently to be their coach. Yeah. And I'm realizing now 
based on what you've said, I, I've gone through a, enough shit in my life that I will be a great coach. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're not trying to fix or heal them, right? Yeah. Danger and, with and, coaching is and, that and, and, and everyone I wouldn't... wants to heal everybody with their own shit, you yeah. know? Yeah. Bulelang. Trump is like our ex-president here in South Africa, Zuma. Zuma. They act so confident doing the wrong thing and people sympathize with them. South Africa. South Africa is literally on fire now. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the interesting thing. What happens is that someone is confident and then that confidence, people begin to, and it's charismatic as well, they begin to believe so much that they can't see it any other way. It's a belief system. So even when everything proves to be contrary to the reality that this person never knew what they were doing, they'd never be able to see that because you're predisposed to see the things that validate your reality, validate what you want to see, which is the height of why I, I have very little hope for society because I don't see people discerning about what's really going on. I see them wanting to believe and therefore not really like being present. Yeah. And that's a, what I've unfortunately seen a lot of. Hmm. I think the show with uh, Jack Ori was also a beautiful example of confidence, like fully owning yeah. that this is not a show that we want to do. Yeah. And uh, yet we, we're open to explore. Yeah. Without yeah. judgment, without mm. any uh, disposition that we know. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like that. Yeah, example you that you just gave. Because yeah. even even where I would ask a question, where in the past we're like, "Oh fuck, this is," a, I don't want to ask this because I'm going to come across as dumb. It's actually really dumb not to ask it. Yeah. And I and I feel like on this show for us here, if there's one thing I want to hold true to is that I want to allow ourselves the opportunity to not know, to be insecure, and to let the let it unfold mm -hmm. and and i know if we have our own in, insecurities and others will have those insecurities we don't live in a bubble we're not special and i i hope that the risks that we take are in some cases seen and appreciated but i know that a lot of times we'll be judged and we are judged of course i've seen it happen already check our facebook inbox <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah the the people who come to a place and confuse our desire to be open and explore as even being ignorant. You know, I've had a lot of people want to sell me coaching services because the openness here and allowing it to be open is seen as uh, they're still confused there. Mm. As opposed to, isn't it beautiful that even when one starts to learn and grow, that they're open to exploring things in a new way? Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. And in that way, I, I, I do want to, in my own life, be an example of what I would like to see more of in the world, which is just sharing how it is for you, letting other people see you and not see you because people will not see you and you have to be okay with that. And be okay with that. Yeah. That it doesn't was, feel good. That, that was one of the greatest lessons that you gave me. By really? The way. Yeah. What was that? Oh, in, in in an old relationship, I wanted to be seen, and you sat with me. And you said, "Bambos, 
from today and the rest of your life, you will never be seen and that's okay. Yeah. And that was like biggest gift you gave me. Like I sat with him like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you, can you, can you imagine how many codependent relationships there are when one says, you don't see me. And then all of a sudden holds the other person accountable for their own loneliness. Like, mm -hmm. ugh. One can choose to be out of that relationship, but let's agree that if you need the other person to make you feel whole, that's uh, that's a big responsibility. A big responsibility for the other, especially. Yeah. But I mean, the the summary of the the thing that that was core for me in this show, which I will often find as I speak out things, they also become clearer to me. Yeah. And one of the things that really resonated with me was when I noticed that I distinguished between one is confident, how it's perceived is either as confidence and somehow admiration for that confidence or as arrogance. It can be perceived a lot of other ways. It could be perceived as insecurity as well, of course. But in that perception, that's where a judgment is placed upon confidence, right? So if you see an individual that's behaving in a certain way yeah, and you're not comfortable with it and you feel very clean in yourself, like uh, sometimes I'll see a certain individual, okay. there's a pretense of confidence, but I know that it's not a grounded confidence. So you're, what I would say is you see they're insecure and instead of allowing themselves to acknowledge they're insecure, they're acting more confident than they actually are. Okay. I'm not always sure how to navigate that or but if I hear myself speak there's nothing to navigate. Well, I mean, there are a few things that come up for me. Like I I would be anxious to recommend that person to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, because the the I gain confidence in an individual if I also see there's some degree of humility. So if someone's insecure, then I'm also thinking, oh, shit, when things go bad, I can't trust that they're going to be forthcoming about what's going to go bad. Mm. Or they're going to try to create a narrative which is not necessarily in line with what's also happening and in a situation. So, yeah, I, I do pause with people that are confident, appear confident, let's put that, or act confident when actually it's coming from insecurity. There are consequences for, for me, yeah. You? Oh, yeah. I, I, I spend less time with them. Yeah, less time. Yeah. Well, we are at the end of our hour, Bambos. See you tomorrow on A Wonderful, Wonderful Chaos. Chaos. It's a wonderful chaos.